I don't know if you, the same thing going on up on the platform as it was down here. I hope so, because that was awesome. The presence of God is is here. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. The book of Romans chapter 15. We're going to be looking at the subject of hope today. Hmm. Go over here. The subject of hope. And so I kind of felt like as, as I was praying about the, the message today that, that God wants to restore some hope for some people. He wants to, to bring back hope that's maybe died, that's kind of gone by the wayside. Maybe there's hopes or dreams that God placed in your heart that, that He wants to restore and stir. But I want us to read a lot of Scripture. So we're going we're gonna to read a lot of Scripture today uh, and go through a lot of Scriptures that talk about the power of hope. And so let's start in Romans verse 15, uh, chapter 15 and verse 13. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open up all these scriptures as we read them today. Speak to our hearts, Lord, even beyond what I'm saying, Lord, that you would speak the things in our hearts that we need to hear from you today. We welcome you to speak to us. Can we just say that? Speak to me, God, today. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 15 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, that's a very powerful scripture. Great prayer to pray. That's really what Paul is doing. He's praying a prayer. He's speaking a blessing over someone. So you can you can take this scripture right here. You can pray it over your kids, you can pray it over your parents, you can pray it over your your siblings, you can pray it over your friends, you can speak it over someone. You can make a, the same declaration that Paul makes. Hey, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Do you want someone praying that over you? I want someone pr- somebody please pray Romans 15:13 over me this week. Okay? You can do it today, but how about tomorrow? Who's got tomorrow? Okay, we got oh, we got to fill the board. Okay, just kidding. So, but hey, this is a great declaration that Paul says. He says, "May the God of hope." Here's the deal: Where does hope come from? God. He is the God of hope. That's part of who He is. That's it's a defining term in 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 addressing Him in in this in this declaration that Paul has made the God of hope. So here's the one who's the source of hope. Here's the one who gives hope. Here's the one who has hope. That's the one we have to look for. If we've lost hope, then I have to turn my eyes back upon Him. We're gonna skip around. Um, <laughs> Back when I was first starting to date Ashley. Now, some of you that have been in this church a long time, you're old, obviously, because you've been in this church a long time, okay? I, always, I have to bring in an old joke every week, okay? Come on. Um, and so, back when I was young, in my 20s, and uh, when Ashley was in her teens still, uh, we started a date right there at the end of uh, 
you know, her, she was graduating from high school. So she was 18, and I was older than 18. And so we just started a date. I went to a convention. I went to the, the Foursquare convention. And um, if you remember, there's a gentleman named Jerry Knudsen. He used to, they used to live here. He did scripture memory ministry. And Jerry had uh, come to our church a few times. And so we saw him at convention. And the time... He had been at our church last. I was, you know, I was single and had no prospects, supposedly. And so Jerry said, hey, I'm working, I'm working on someone. I know someone. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's always good to have, you know, someone helping you out, right? And so <clears throat> he felt sorry for this poor single 25-year-old man. And so, you know, I get to convention, and so I've just talked to... Mr. Dan Poe, and said, my intention is to date your daughter, and so we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to really date until she's out of high school, this is about a month out, but you know, we'll, we can go out in groups together, but that's it. And so, Dan unclicked the gun, <laughs> he, 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 took out the, he, he took out the cartridge and said, okay, we'll, we'll give it a try for a few weeks, see what happens here. Uh, and so... It was very soon after that. I don't remember the timeline because it's been 13, well, it's been 14, 15 years ago. Um, and so I go to convention and I see Jerry Knutson. I, I even remember kind of, I came up like an escalator at one of the hotels and Jerry's like, hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, I've got this, I've got this, this lady for you. And so I just, I just want to, you know, I don't know if we can work out for you to meet her or something. And I said, oh, well, you know, actually, Jerry, uh, I kind of just, you know, there's, there's someone that, that I have my eye on here, right at the church, and I think, you know, we're going we're gonna to start, start a relationship together. And then I said this at the end. And I said, but I guess it doesn't hurt to keep your options open. <laughs> and so, you know, somehow that story got back to everybody here. So there's, it's no hidden secret. My wife might remember it. I mean, now that she didn't, she had to go up with the kids today, and so she didn't get to hear that today. So I'm really, really sorry about that. You can be sure and remind her. So there was a joke for a long time, you know. You got to keep your options open, right? <laughs> Just in case. So here's the deal with hope. With, with hoping in God, is you're, if you're keeping your options open, you're not hoping in God. He has to be the only option. In order for me to place my hope in God and have the God of hope pour out in my life, I can't keep my options open. I can't have God as, as like one of, the, one of the choices where, well, if, if, if He doesn't come through, then you know, I'll take care of this here, or i got an uncle here that's got some money, or blah, 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 or this person can help me out. It's like, no, my hope is not in the Lord at that point. You know, I, have, I have the Lord as one of my options at that point. And so in order for me to truly have the God of hope be the God of hope, I have to have God as the only hope for whatever I'm believing for. When we think of just our salvation, my, my only hope for being saved, for, from being sent to hell because of my sin, is because of Jesus. And so He is my only hope. I'm not counting on good works. I'm not counting on... Being a good person. I'm not counting on that I'm going to be nice enough or know enough about the Bible that I can get into heaven. There is only one hope to get to heaven, and that's Jesus. He is our hope. 
And so I can't keep my options open. I can't say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to serve God, but I'm also going to serve this, and I'll check into this. I'm going to have all my options open just in case. But I'm hoping in nothing. My hope is ultimately in myself because I'm in control of my options. And so I really wasn't keeping my options open, but it just seemed like the right thing to say to Jerry. <laughs> so keeping your options open is not always a good thing. Okay? It can be a good thing in some situations. I understand that. But in the, in the idea of hope, and I find it interesting, Paul here says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. And it's interesting... I believe there's a connection between having our hope engaged in God and joy and peace. It has it right here. If you find you're lacking joy, you might check, check where's your, where your hope is. Let's give a definition of hope before we get any farther today. A great definition that I've heard that I've stolen from somebody is, hope is the confident expectation of good. And I'm going to throw in a tag on this that I haven't said before. Hope is the confident expectation of good in God. I'm not just, I'm not just hoping that something good happens because, hey, I've been a nice guy and I'm just expecting good things to happen. No, my, my expectation of good is rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. It's rooted in God the Father. It's rooted in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. God, him, God in three persons. And so the opposite of hope in many ways sometimes is fear. Because really if you break fear down, fear is really the confident expectation of bad. There's like a, this, this expectation that something's going to bad. You're afraid that something bad is going to happen. And so, you know, sometimes I've heard that, you know, faith and fear are opposites. But in some ways that may be true. But really, hope and fear are opposites. Because if I, if I have hope, then I, I'm believing that something good is going to happen because of God in my life. What does that give to me? That gives me joy. That fills me with joy. Does it give me peace? I'm at, I'm at peace a lot more. There is less anxiety in my life when my hope is placed in Him. When I understand who He is. It says, as I trust in Him. you know. And then it says this amazing thing. It says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't just give a little bit, right? It's not like, hey, just barely enough. No, in other words, I am going to give you hope that is going to spill out and be contagious for other people. You know, have you ever, you know, have you ever given up hope on something? Let me tell you one of my pet peeves, okay? I'm going to, I'll tell you one of my, one of the, one of my hot buttons, okay? And, and it just happened, anyway, I won't say that. It, it happens in my life, is I don't, if, if I'm playing you in some sort of competitive endeavor <laughs> and I am kicking the snot out of you, okay, we're just going to, hopefully that's happening, okay? I like to win. If it's competitive, the object is to win, just to clear that up, okay? So I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do if I'm beating you, okay, at the game. And if you try, if you try to quit on me, that makes me upset. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to give up hope. What if you came back and won? I mean, I don't want you to. 
I'm going to make. I'm going to try and make sure it doesn't happen. But what if? What if you didn't give up hope? Because basically, when you give up hope, you say, "I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore." And it's one thing to do it with a game, which is not that important. Sometimes I know that. <laughs> Sometimes you know that, right? But in life, there's times where we we're tempted to give up hope on somebody on something, on, you know, I've been praying for something, I've been, I've been believing for this, you know, praying for your kids. Some of you have kids that, that need a lot of prayer. Um, hey, all kids need a lot of prayer, let's just say that. But, you know, you've been praying for specific things and you're like, ah, oh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's sometimes easier just to, I'm just going to give up, I'm going to let it go. And I don't... It's not in the same way because God's, God's heart is, is not like my heart, but there's something in God that says, no, no, no. Don't give up hope. Put your hope in me. I, I'm the God of hope. I'm the one you have to look to. I'm, I'm the source of hope. Don't, don't, don't let go of that. And you know what happens when we let go of hope? Man, I, there's a whole lot less peace in my life. When I don't have a confident expectation of good, anxiety enters my life. There's, there's not peace there. There's like, I'm worried about what's going to happen. And so, what is the remedy for anxiety? Many times it, it's putting my hope in God. It's saying, okay, God, you're the, you're the God of hope. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to put my faith in you. So there's a connection with, with peace. There's a connection with joy. When you are hoping for something, when you are living in life with expectation of good, then there's going to be a lot of joy in your life. When I'm not hoping, when I'm not longing, when I'm not pursuing something and I know it's in the Lord, I tend to have less joy and peace in my life. I don't know about you. And I find it interesting, in Romans 12, 12, it says this. You want to shoot this scripture up here as we look at a few scriptures with, with the word hope. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. It's just interesting, there's several scriptures where there's a connection with joy. But there's also a connection with hope and faith. Of course, we've heard of the greatest, you know, faith hope and love. These three remain, but the greatest of these is love. So there's a connection between faith, hope, and love, but there's also this in Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the confidence or the assurance of what? Of what we hope for. So there's a connection with faith and hope. If I'm not hoping for anything, I can't, I can't be having faith in anything. If I have faith, my faith is tied to my hope. What am I believing for? What am I expecting is going to happen in my life? What am I expecting from the God of hope? What am I expecting Him to do? If I'm not longing and expecting for something, I'm not putting my faith in Him. Colossians 1 and 5 says this. It's very interesting. It says, The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up from you in heaven. Look at those three. They're connected again. It's not just 1 Corinthians 13 where faith, hope, and love are connected. And so, I mean, really, confident expectation, what is that? That's faith. And the hope part is where I'm looking for good to happen. I'm looking unto the Lord for that. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3 says this. It says, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what keeps you going? What gives you endurance in your spiritual life is hope. If you find you're like, man, I'm just getting tired. I'm getting, I'm getting worn out. I, I'm tired of whatever, you know, it might be a prayer. It might be something you've been seeking God for. It might be this or that. Say, God, I, I'm, just, I'm just tired spiritually. I'm not talking about physically. When we're tired physically, we just need to take a nap, right? <laughs> Get out of the hot sun or something. But when I'm tired spiritually, I need, I need endurance spiritually to keep pressing on because it's easy just to quit. It's easy just to give up. There's a lot of people that have quit. There's a lot of people that, that give up. You know, there was, uh, a, uh, one of the messages at our Foursquare convention this year was, was really fascinating. And I don't even remember if I told you about it. It's a pastor by the name of, uh, it's Matthew Barnett. I almost said his dad, Tommy Barnett. Matthew Barnett. And he pastors Angelus Temple, which is the first four-square church ever founded in the United States in Los Angeles, California in the 1920s. And it, so it's, it's the original you know, building location. It's the original church. He's the pastor there. And he also runs the Dream Center. If you've ever heard of the Dream Center, they do lots of you know, outreach under Skid Row. They're ministering to homeless. They're doing all kinds of street ministry, feeding people, doing, you know, getting people, helping people get job training, doing all kinds of stuff. Now they're opening Dream Centers all over the country. And so his his vision, Matthew Barnett was the one that had the vision for this. Took an old, I believe it was an old hospital in a pretty nasty part of LA and turned it into that. And so he was one of our speakers at the convention. And so you get the idea. This is already a radical guy. He's, he's, he's on fire for Jesus. He loves God. Um, and he's a very busy man. And so he, he got challenged one time to, to run a marathon. You know, in other words, and he was challenged to run the marathon because someone said, well, I'll make a large donation to the Dream Center if you'll run the marathon. And he said, you know, I didn't used to want to run a marathon, but suddenly I have a desire to run a marathon. (laughs) It's amazing the motivation that will happen in our lives, right? You know, it's like, I never thought about, oh, you want to give a million dollars to the Dream Center? I I don't know. 26 miles, not as far as I thought, right? 26.2. And so... You know, he, he ran a marathon and then so he, then, you know, it was really cool. So he did it again and this, you know, he did it again as another fundraiser. He's like, man, there's a great fundraiser. I'm looking for a shorter fundraiser. I will run 26.2 feet, okay? Not miles. <laughs> I'll just do 26.2 feet. I'll do it. I'm, I'll do a handstand, okay? I will do a handstand for 26.2 feet and walk through this room. So we'll, we'll do the donations that way. But he wanted to do marathons for whatever reason. And so then he had this crazy idea. He heard about this thing called 777. And this, this is nuts right here. This is called nutso stuff. Like, I think this guy has something wrong with his head along with all the people who did this. It's seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. You're like, how is that even possible, right? Like, like is, that, like, is this make-believe? Is this like a movie? You're like, oh, come on. So he tells, his message was he walked us through his seven days on seven continents running seven marathons. They start in Antarctica. Might as well get the coldest one done first, right? And so... He said they warned him before they started running in, Mar- in, in Antarctica. Here, don't sweat. If you do, you'll, you'll 
you'll freeze yourself to death. You're like, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> I got to run 26 miles. So they're all suited up. And so they, they, they make it through Antarctica. And here's the deal. What they do is they run the marathon and they jump right on the plane. And that their sleep is traveling by plane to the next location. And so you can actually fly. How many hours are in a week? 24 times 7. What is that? 168. Thank you. I knew somebody would know that. So in 168 hours, you can travel to all seven continents and run a marathon on each one. And so he told us a story about there were time. I mean, there's one place like he got injured early on about halfway through. He had a partial tear of his meniscus in his knee. And it would have been really easy for him just to say, hey, you know what, man, I'm, not a, I'm a pastor, I'm not a marathoner. I mean, I, he had done three marathons in his life before he did this. There's three more than me, right? Three more than most of us here, right? <laughs> but so he's in the middle of his, you know, seven in seven days. Um, and so he, there are times, you know, so he, he told himself, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to finish today's race. I'm just going to finish today. So he literally limped his way, how many ever more miles it was. I don't remember which location it was. I mean, they ran in Miami and I think it was Italy and I don't know where they ran in, in Asia. Uh, you know, somewhere in Africa. I mean, South, I think maybe it was South Africa. I don't remember. But there's all these different places. And so... This was like the third or fourth one, I don't remember exactly, where he, he tore, partially torn meniscus. And so he, he basically did this to finish the marathon. And he, he said this, what, at one point the pain was so bad, uh, what he was doing was just looking at the light posts. There were some light posts in the place he was running. And he would just will himself to say, okay, I'm going to run to and then I'm going to walk to. I'm going to run to, and then I'm going to walk to. And so, in, oh, it was Dubai. Is that in, where is that, Asia? <laughs> I think it's in Asia, right? And so, in Dubai, in Dubai, somebody stole his shoes. So, he ran in his, in his socks the whole way. You're like, it, like, it got crazier and crazier. Like, if they're, they, they, they have video proof of this. Like, there was like 30 other guys doing this, so it's all on video. It was on, you know, ESPN. ESPN actually did an article about him. Uh, you know, pastor does what, you know, pastor totally loses his mind, but, or something. <laughs> but he had to have endurance to be able to finish each and every race. You know, his, his torn meniscus didn't get any better after sleeping on an airplane, right? They had to sleep. Sometimes they would sleep kind of with their legs leaned up so that the blood would flow back into the rest of their body because after running so much, it's, it's all down in the bottom half of your body. I mean, so you're sleeping like this on an airplane and then you wake up and it's like, you know, you eat something somewhere in there. I guess they ate too, right? What kind of endurance does it take to run seven marathons in seven days and seven continents that's some crazy endurance but here's the thing it says that as we hope in god 
it releases endurance. And I'm believing if physically, if a human being can physically run seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, how much more can spiritually God give us strength to continue on with hope? It says hope gives us endurance. Spiritual endurance from the Holy Spirit has got to be a whole lot better than running a marathon. Sometimes this life feels like a marathon. Sometimes it feels like we're not going to get there. Sometimes we've been hurt. People have stolen things from us. And we can choose to stop or we can choose to say, No, my hope is in God. I'm going to finish this race. I am going to keep going. You may just be looking at the light post. You may look at one light post and say, I'm just going to make it through today. God, I'm going to believe you today. I can't look at three weeks from now. I can't look at six months from now. But I'm going to believe you just for today. And then when I wake up tomorrow, I'll have the same choice. I'm going to choose to wake up and say, you're the God of hope. I'm not giving up hope on that person. I'm not giving up hope on my healing. I'm not giving up hope on your provision in my life, God. I'm not giving up hope on your direction. I'm not giving up hope on the dreams that you placed in my heart, the desires that you placed there. I am not going to give up hope. I'm going to press on, and I'm going to put my hope in you. So the connection between hope and endurance. So there's a connection between joy and peace. So if I'm missing joy and peace in my life, I might check my hope. There's a connection with faith. Faith releases the, the expectation, the confidence in the goodness of God. There's a connection to endurance. And so Colossians 1.27 says, says this about the source of hope. It says, To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Paul is talking about, hey, God had this plan, and it was a mysterious plan, and this, this mystery. And he says, here's the mystery revealed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is like, leave that up there for a second, Cooper. This is kind of one of the most crazy verses ever that God himself can live in us. But it says that through the Holy Spirit, we learn from other scriptures that the, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. And so... That Christ in me is the hope of glory. So the hope, the hope isn't me. I'm not the source. It's, it's not me. You know, Pastor, uh, Pastor Matthew Barnett, uh, he, was, he was certainly doing a lot of praying. and He was, he was hoping in God, but uh, he was also just willing himself to do it in his own strength. We don't have to do that spiritually. I don't have to do it in my own strength. I have to choose to keep running, but the strength to run comes from the one who I put my hope in. He is the source. He is, he is the one. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so in 2 Corinthians 1.10, the source of hope is Him, and the object of hope is Him. He's delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us again. On Him we have set our hope, that He will continue to deliver us. And so hope means that I believe God is going to do it again. Hope believes that, hey, that wasn't a one-time deal. Have you ever, you know, there's lots of people that can do something great for you one time, right? <laughs> remember that one time? <laughs> I remember that one time that, man, they were really a blessing in my life. Just, just once. <laughs> you know, people can, they're going to fail us. But here's the thing. With, with, the, with the Lord, He's going to do it again. 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 My job is to keep my eyes on Him and to put my hope in Him to say, God, I'm believing You. You're the object of my hope. 
I don't have another option. I'm not looking for a second or third thing just in case God doesn't come through. No, my hope is in you. I believe and I'm trusting and I have confident expectation of good and you're going to do it. I'm not looking to anybody else. Romans 4 and 18 says this about Abraham. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as, as it had been said to him, basically that's the promise, so shall your offspring be. Leave that up for a second, Cooper. Against all hope, Abraham in hope. Now here's the deal. Hoping in God will get people to look at you funny. Because it was against all hope that Abraham in hope believed. It didn't make any sense. It was not logical. I mean, have you ever had someone take you aside and say, come on, just get your reality, man. You just got to be practical. You got to understand the way life works. And all the, what are all those statements doing? They're saying, stop believing and hoping in the Lord. Because sometimes it's like Abraham. Look, it was physically, genetically, reproductively impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have children. It was not going to happen. No physical way it was going to happen. It was against all hope. They had no more hope. But the promise of God said this, you're going to have a child. So it says Abraham, against all hope, he decided that in hope he was going to believe. He was going to put his hope in who? The God of hope. He was going to believe in someone greater. He was going to believe that God could do it again. And Abraham did it more than once, did he not? Because he not only believed once he had a child, he was willing to take his only child when he was 13 years old. And God said, go sacrifice him on the mountain. It sure looks like Abraham was going to do it. He had him tied up. He had the knife up. And God had to stop him and say, Abraham! It doesn't say God grabbed his hand, but basically that's what happened. He was ready to kill his own son. Because he had so much hope and faith in God that he believed, hey, God can bring him back to life. It says that in the scriptures because Abraham reasoned that, well, God can raise the dead. And so Abraham was believing, he was hoping that God was going to do it again. Maybe that's what hope should be. Our definition is hope is just believing God's going to do it again. God's going to do it again. Hope in the Lord. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's, that's an, I feel encouraged right now, not because I'm a good preacher, but because the Word of God is true. I mean, reading those scriptures, reading them again this morning and, and more than once this morning with you, there's something stirred in my heart to say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. And so I don't, I don't know where you're at today. I believe we've heard the truth of the Word. And so I want us to just take a second to just kind of kind of respond on our own to the Lord. So if you could just kind of bow your head down and uh we're just going to we're just going to let God begin to 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 seal things in our hearts, to speak to us. If 
Continue to speak to us. Confirm things in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We welcome you to move among us right now. Now, I don't know everybody here, but if if you've never put your hope in Jesus as as your Savior, to forgive your sins, to make you a new person, to seal a place in heaven for you, to keep you from uh, the, the, the coming wrath that will come on anybody who doesn't respond to God. And if you've never put your hope in Jesus and, and recognized Him as, as your Lord and Savior and said, I'm going to trust you. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quick. Show me that, that you're wanting to, wanting to do that today. That you've never given your heart to Jesus. Just never done it. Not not in your life at once. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? And if you are here and you just say, I need you to pray with me and agree with me that hope would be restored in my life. If that's you, go ahead and lift your hand up real quick. Just want to wave your hand. I'm just kind of as a point of response to the Lord. Okay, so there's, there's, there's many. So we're just going to pray. If you didn't raise your hand to any of those things, why don't you just, you, you go ahead and pray. You're believing right now that God is going to do, do what He said. And so, Lord, right now, we thank You. We thank You that we've made a declaration of the truth of Your Word. And I just, Lord, I speak against any discouragement that would be in any heart right now. We come against discouragement and the lies of the enemy that would say, you might as well give up. There's no hope. We declare that, that that's a lie. There is hope and God will do it again. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And we thank you, Lord, that you have not given up on us. We may give up on you. We, we know that you have not given up on us. And so that's the greater promise. That's the greater truth today is that we're believing that you are greater than me. You are greater in your hope than I am even in my unbelief of hope, in my willingness to give up, God. And so I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray for a restoration in every single heart, Lord, in every single hand that was lifted that said, today something changes. Today, hope is being restored. Maybe for some, hope is just really sick right now. It needs, needs some life in it. And so I speak life into every spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and breathe your life. Lord, restore dreams. Lord, Lord, heal things that have been hurt in us, that have caused us to kind of sit on the sidelines. Lord, help us keep our eyes upon you, Lord. We are believing in you, God. We are trusting in you. We are hoping in you, Lord. Maybe it looks like the situation is impossible like Abraham. We are putting our hope against all hope, Lord, against what anyone in the world would say. We're choosing to trust you. And so we thank you, God, that sometimes you're not practical. Sometimes... The things you want us to do don't make sense. So we're going to choose to trust you anyway. Even if it doesn't make sense. Lord, even if our head isn't there, God, our heart is going to be there. So I pray for these hearts, Lord, that you would stir them once again. Lord, in Jesus' name, we speak hope, Lord. And I declare this scripture, may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that 
you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, it's through your power. We're believing this is going to happen. God, we can't run seven marathons in seven days, but we know that you can give us strength to go on when it seems like we couldn't make it, that nobody could go on in this situation. God, we're believing you for that kind of strength and that kind of hope, that kind of endurance as we walk with you. Help us keep our eyes on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Believe it. I encourage you, read that, read that scripture over yourself. If you raise your hand, read that scripture every single day, at least this week. Maybe God will keep you on it longer every single day. Read that out loud, Romans 15, 13. Declare that over your life. It, there's power when we declare the word of God out loud. Don't just read it in your head. Say it out loud. Amen? Give somebody a hug next to you. They've got hope now. They've got a smile on their face. They're encouraged. And if you can, stay and help with the rooms. Um, I have the instructions from Guy up here. There's only a few things we need to do besides setting up the bed. So.